can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. First Peter 4, 16 says this. But it is no shame. Somebody say no shame. It is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Then he says, praise God for the privilege. Somebody say the privilege. I got my little unprivileged shirt on. Do see To be called by his. He says, praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Amen? Well, you may be seated. You may be seated. Well, this is going to be our second sermon in a little series entitled, I'm Privileged. Somebody say, I'm privileged. Now, now, this message I told you last week is not designed to be a culturally or socially conscious message, but, you know, about ethnic privilege, rich privilege, poor privilege, or lack of, celebrity privilege, executive privilege, even though that's in the news right now, about executive privilege, veteran privilege, senior citizen privilege, you know, or any other privilege that you have or don't have based upon your race, creed, color, national origin, or previous conditions of I said this is about, not about the size of your bank account or your investment account or your lack thereof. It is not about the car you drive or the dripped out clothes you wear. I had to look that up. The kids, young kids say that. That's the young kid term. Because when I first heard them say that, I'm like, what is dripped out? I had to go to the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Because you know I'm dripped out. I mean, the rags, tags. Now, dripped out, man, you know, name brand. You fly. We used to call it fly. I mean, you went to, but, but, but so it ain't about that. You can be poor and still be privileged. And because what this privilege is about is the special honor, a right that you have because of your relationship with Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. So that's the privilege that I want to talk about. Now, this privilege is available to all who will make him Lord and Savior of their life by faith and, and, and see him as being the author of their eternal salvation. Now, if that is you, you ought to shout, I'm privileged. privileged. Shout like you mean it. Now, we have been defining privilege this way. It's something regarded as a special honor, right, or advantage available to a particular group or person. Verse Definition 2 says, a right, or immunity granted as a particular benefit, advantage, or favor. The third definition I really like, it said, a set of unearned benefits given to people who fit into a special group. And last week I told you this, sometimes having privilege meaning, means having an advantage that is out of your control and that you didn't even ask for. You know, I used the example of if you was born into the Kennedy family or the Rockefeller family or Bob Johnson family or Oprah Winfrey family. Just by virtue of being born in those families, there's a certain amount of privilege that come with it. And you didn't ask for that. It came to you by, and it's up to them to explain to you the level of privilege that come with that name. Because you didn't know it when you was born, and it's the same way when we come to Christ. God has given us a privilege, and a lot of Christians don't know they have the privilege, but someone else got to explain it to them and let them know that you're walking. Because if you don't know you're walking privilege, you will live below your privilege. And so it's important for you to understand that this privilege is about God's grace and mercy and his love that he had for us, and he had that long before we were born. So we were brought into this place of privilege. We're going to see that today. Now, last week, we learned that privilege uh, to have, it's a privilege to have Jesus as our good shepherd. And we were, and when we're in an intimate relationship with him, we said that he know us and we know him. Intimately, not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge and a soul knowledge and a spirit knowledge. He know us, we know him. And we got that type of relationship 
that we can talk about him as if we do know him. And I gave you an example. If I knew LeBron James, I mean really knew him, everybody in this room, room would know I know him. Because I would be talking about Bron Bron all the time. You know, Bron Bron going to fly me out to catch a, catch a game, you know, because we got it like that. But I say, you know the Bron Bron who is the king of kings. He may be the king of basketball, but you know the king of and you don't even talk about him like you would LeBron. And it's a privilege to have him as our good shepherd. We learned last week also that, that, that it's a privilege to know that Jesus is praying for us. The Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And he proves to be a better high priest than the high priest of the Levitical system. Because he died once and for all, and not with the blood of animals, but with his own blood. And so therefore now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercessions for us. Now today we're going to start our journey in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, verse 15 through 18, New Living Translation. Here we see the apostle Peter in a serious conversation defending and explaining his experience while sharing the gospel or the good news with Cornelius and his household. See, Peter was being severely criticized because he entered the home of Gentiles. Somebody said Gentiles. He didn't just go in there and visit and take a seat. He violated all the laws by sitting down and even eating with them rascals. And so when the word got back to Jerusalem, the self-righteous, Jews had a problem because in their mind, they were born in the privilege. We're God's chosen people, and I dare you to go and sit down with some under. And Peter had to enlighten them that these Gentiles have now come into the same level of that the Jews have. See, we weren't born in the privilege. We were adopted in the privilege. And I learned this thing by dealing with my daddy's affairs. I got a niece who was adopted. And when my sister adopted her, she gave her our last. And in the court system, she got a higher priority than my daughters, who were born Bolden's. But she was a and everything that her mama was supposed to get. Y'all better hear me today. So when you adopt somebody and you change their name, you change their status. And whether your children like it, they walk in privilege. Y'all better hear me today. So whether you were born a Jew and knew God from the beginning or whether you was adopted and now you're a Christian, you need to start walking in. <laughs> so he was having this conversation. And some of them was getting upset because he had, that God had granted this privilege to Gentiles. So look at what he says here in verse 15. As he was defending it, he says, as I began to speak, talking about what happened in the house, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning. In other words, the same thing that happened to us on Pentecost happened to them when I was up there teaching them. They got the same Holy Spirit that we got. Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized with water. Jesus said this to him in the early part of Acts. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. In other words, John baptism was the outer man taking care of your physical baptism. But Jesus said, hey, when the Holy Spirit come, that spiritual transaction is going to take place on there. And there ought to be a fire on the inside of you because of what's in you. That's why you ought to be able to praise God. You may not want to do it, but the fire that's on the inside of you that's deposited in you by the Holy Spirit ought to want to say something to give God praise. You just got to stop holding them back. You just got to stop trying to contain him with your limited understanding and just let him do what God put him in you to. Y'all better hear me today. 
He says this in verse 17. And since God gave these Gentiles, us, the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was out of standing God's way? I dropped by on my way to heaven to tell some of y'all, get out of God's way. Some of y'all, you're in God's way because when faith is up here trying to get you to praise, you just refuse. I can look in your face, you refuse. You're in God's way. The person next to you trying to get that deliverance and you standing there like. And I just want to tell you, get out of Stop hindering God what doing for what doing what He's trying to do in somebody's life because you're in the if I, I I just don't know how to pray. Well, you don't want some. <laughs> when you win some, folks know you know how to pray. You just don't want to. And I just drop by to say, get out of. Let the folk who want to praise God, praise God. You get out of them. And I'm giving you permission. Show up at 1030. So that you don't kill what we're trying to get going. If you just say, I'm just a word person. Well, the word get up here about 1030. Just show up at word time. Amen. So that when we walk in the house, we know the atmosphere we're trying to walk into. Because we understand that we have a privilege to serve God just like the, like the Jews. Somebody said, get out of God's way. <laughs> you know, if you ain't in the way, you ought to be glad to say that. If you're in the way, you're probably scared. You know, you're looking around. Get out of God's way. Who are you to stand in God's way when he's trying to move in somebody's life? Look at this. He says, when the others heard this, they stopped. Objecting. They, huh? That's where I'm at right now, Cliff. I'm trying to get some of them to stop objecting. Y'all stop objecting praise and worship. Stop objecting to the praise team up here trying to fade and told you he didn't even feel good this morning. And he's trying to praise his way through how he felt. And some of y'all, some of y'all objected to praise. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes, but since it happened like that, I figured I'd make an object lesson out of it. So I just need some of y'all to come in here and stop objecting. And begin praising. That's what the Bible says. Say, when we see that God has given the Gentiles this, this when they heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has given the Gentiles the privilege, somebody say the privilege, the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. You got the same privilege now that everybody else got. You can tell God, I'm sorry for the way I lived before I met Jesus, and then now I want to have, be exposed to eternal. That is not just for a certain race of people, a certain group of people, that is for anybody who would accept Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. And for us, that is a, somebody say, I'm privileged. I'm trying to teach you that you're privileged. Now, privilege is as much an attitude as it is a belief. I mean, you can believe something, but don't have an attitude to go with your belief. I want you to believe, and then I want you to have a, and you know, when you tell your kids they got swag in the world, they want to, they, they, the attitude come with it. You can say that kid just got some swag. By the way they carry themselves, by the way they do certain things, swag. I want you to get an attitude like you're privileged. I don't want you to think you're better than nobody else, but I don't want you talking down who you are in the Lord. Because you're a child of, and you're a child of privilege. You'll never hear Kennedy talking down the Kennedy name. Privilege. Got a mindset of, and if they do, they done lost their mind. Amen. And so what I'm trying to get you to see is that, look, you got to understand that you have been adopted into this thing called privilege. Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Here we're going to see the Apostle Paul greeting the Roman church. And from this, we must glean this, from this insightful passage that like the apostles before us, as Christians, God has given us the privilege and the authority to tell others 
what he has done for us. And what we got to see is that we must share with everyone the good news that God sent Jesus to suffer and die for their sin. And because of that, when they accept him, they can be saved. Now look, this is what Paul is writing. He's talking from a standpoint of an apostle, but Jesus gave the great commission to all believers. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. So he, we all have that commission. We all have that charge. But I'm going to just pull from this to show you that this got to fit us too. Amen? Now look at this. He says in this letter, this letter from Paul, a slave and some of your Bibles say a bond servant of Christ. See, the first thing is, is that most of us don't have an attitude like we're slaves when it comes to Jesus. I ain't talking about being a slave to your boss, slave to all this other stuff. I'm talking when it comes to we refuse to do what he say do. And when you refuse to do what he say do, you're in your own way telling him, I am not your You don't tell me what to do. You know, some of y'all married folks have heard that. Y'all heard that at home. You ain't my mama and my dad. You don't, you don't tell me what to do. They let you know that, hey, I ain't, I ain't bought into this relationship like you think I done bought it. You better step in another direction and you, you don't. And, and see, some of y'all, you know, talk to Jesus like that. With your attitude, you tell him, mama, you say, you don't tell me what to do. I'm grown. I do what I want to do. All right, let me move on. Let me move on because I know what I'm but he said, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach the good news. Somebody say good news. The gospel is supposed to be about good news. We must share good news. We got to stop sharing bad news all the time. Folk know they're bad. You don't have to reinforce what they already know. That's what, see, we go and tell them all the stuff they're doing wrong first. And then think they're going to come and love Jesus. No, we got to say, man, look, he know you're bad. He died while you're still bad. He died while I was bad too. When, when I gave my life to him, I was bad. I didn't come to him good and righteous. Came to him. You going to come to him? And all I need you to do is say, hey, he died while you were still bad. He don't care. And so often what happens is, when we all we identify as the bad in people, they never hear the good news. He says, now, God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. In other words, it was a prophesy. This is not a, a new revelation. They just didn't understand it. Verse 3 says, the good news is about his son, Jesus. In his earthly life, he was born in King David's family line. That's true. In the natural his humanity came through David's line. But David wasn't hit. Nobody in David's line caused him to be conceived. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So therefore, he is both human and God. He is both humanity and divinity. So therefore, his lineage, yes, through David, but his birth is all God. Amen. All God. He said, now look. And he has shown, and he was shown to be the Son of God, when he was raised from the dead, talking about the gospel, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the good. Jesus came to die while you was all jacked up. He, he knew you was a sinner. God knew it from the beginning. So therefore, it was his plan to send his son. And we need to tell people, hey, look, the good news is, man, you don't have to stay the way you are. Jesus already done paid the price for you. You just need to start walking in what he has paid for. You've been set free from all the things that you think you got to do and have to do. You've been set free. You just don't, you, you just don't know you are privileged. Now look at this. He says, now look. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 5. He says, through Christ, God, and this is powerful right here has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles, somebody say everywhere, 
to tell Gentiles, us and other people like us, everywhere, what God has done for for them. You ought to know what God has done for you. And if you don't know what he has done for you, then you can't tell nobody what he has done. Until you realize that he did something for you, you'll never want to tell anybody about what he did. But you didn't come to him all like you are now. You came to him jacked up. So you need to let people know, hey, this is what he did for. And that's your personal testimony. And can't nobody take that one from you. You're the only person that can be genuine. And he said, now somebody say everywhere. everywhere. You know everywhere means everywhere. You got to tell folk everywhere. How many of y'all ticking and talking out there? Everywhere. How many of y'all tweeting, twitting, all that? Y'all ain't got to admit, I know, I know y'all social conscious now. Come on now. Don't try to sit here and play me. Oh, you know, Pastor, I don't believe in that social media. Well, you believe in it if you got a phone. If you just leave your cell phones here when you leave, then that'll convince me you don't believe in this social contact network. Just wait till you get home and call them. And on that phone, you got the capability to be social with other folks. So everywhere means that you need to be texting some folks about what Jesus had done for Instagram. I don't even know what some of these things is, but I know they exist. And because I'm ignorant don't mean that they're going to stop existing. And you better understand what they are because your children do. And they're already more social than you are. The social network is probably teaching your children more than you are about. And then he said, we got to get this word everywhere. So your text, your Instagram, your email account, every now and then send someone a good email in the morning about Jesus and what he did for you. Try. You ain't got nothing to lose. You're just following what the scriptures say. You're supposed to tell people every. <laughs> you can go to some of your friends' Facebook account, man. They, they put everything out there on Facebook in them accounts now, man. And Instagram. When somebody hurt their feeling and they don't speak to them, man, they put you out there like that. I mean, you know, you know, do you know they, <laughs> you on their page, man. They, they, they look here. You look here. What? I done made somebody pay what I do. Yeah, you ain't speak to them today. They... Now, they let everybody know everywhere that you didn't speak to them. And you won't at least tell them about Jesus. I mean, I just challenge some of y'all to try. And I know some of y'all, I'm too old. I don't know, I'm telling you, you better wake up. I was like that too, to about two or three years ago. And I just had to break down and say, I got to learn some of this stuff to keep up. Because they talk it in cold, and I can't understand it. So I, had, I, I got me and Sarah always going to the Urban Dictionary. Sarah, what that mean? What that drip thing mean? And that other, you know, and now the, now the Beyonce done stepped in it. Definitely had to go there. What did she... Y'all got quiet right there. We're going to talk about Beyonce on Wednesday night. Maybe I'll just talk about Beyonce on Wednesday night. Because I think that's a discussion that we ought to have. Then she done dropped a new album and, done, you know, sampled some gospel music and put it in there. But she put some other stuff in there. I was listening to the HBCU channel. I didn't even know she had done dropped the album. But I just heard the song and, you know, talking about church girls. And I said, okay, let me listen to it. It was going okay. I, I could follow a little bit. Then she started using some of that urban stuff. I had to go to Siri, find out what she was saying. Ooh. That what that means? Ooh, Beyonce. Ooh. I, I, I wanted the clock sister give you permission to say that. And since you done took their hooks and put it into your song, or the tweaking them sound off on. Because music, we've always been sampling both ways. The world used our stuff, we used the world stuff. But man, you know, she, she, the one that she called me with, I think she used the M word. And that, that was like, oh Lord, Beyonce. 
you can cross the line right there. But a lot of folks in my church listen to you. So I need to make sure that I understand where you're coming from because if you can talk about a church girl, maybe you was one one time. And maybe there's some reality of what you're saying. Is church girls really going through this? Because art imitates life sometimes, and life imitates. Somebody say, tell Gentiles everywhere what the Lord has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. When we convince other people of who Jesus is and what he has done in our lives, then we're just bringing glory and honor to his name. Amen? All right, then. Now, look here. Y'all ain't got, don't y'all go out there and make her sales go up. Y'all can go listen to it for free. Just listen to it, and then you know you be your own judge on it. You know, the question is, you know, should a Christian be able to sing gospel one time and then do secular another time? And I think the answer to that is they want to. I don't care. Do you? But there are certain things you just can't say, though. If you're going to bring Jesus into the mix with you. Just can't say. Because then, you know, I have to defend the name. Amen. You know, just as long as you're doing you, do you. But when you start hitting him, I take a privilege for you talk about my best friend. You talk about my best. You ain't just talking about anybody. I got to defend my best. Oh, let me go on. I, I knew I was going to get in trouble right there. The Lord, I said I was going to stay away from that. But I figured I better get to the real, real. Since they claim we're living in a mushroom hole and don't know what's going on around us. And I, and I, I, I refuse to be ignorant and still alive. Amen. <laughs> Romans chapter 5, for last turn. Romans chapter 5. In this passage, the Apostle Paul reveals an amazing truth. And he lets us know that because of our faith, Jesus has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Somebody say undeserved privilege. Undeserved privilege, where we stand as friends of God. And he encourages us to rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. Because we are no longer enemies of God, we're friends of God. Before we got saved, we was all enemies of God. We weren't trying to do his, anything his way. We were doing our way. We were doing things the way the world do it. And we were considered enemies of God. And because we were enemies of God, we could not have peace with God, because we was always at war. But when Jesus came, he made it possible for us now to have, and this peace with God is talking in two different ways. One part of the peace is saying, look, I got peace with God because I'm no longer fighting against him because he's my friend. And then I got the peace of God that come because now he's in my heart and then I don't let every little thing upset me. Even though the world is turning upside down all around me because I got the peace of God inside of me, I don't have to react to what is going on in the world in a way that I lose my I can deal and cope with the world and the things that happen around me, but I'm not going to lose my And so often, when the news cycle drives your head, drive your heart, it will rob you of your Even if I agree or disagree with Queen B, she ain't going to mess with my. I'm going to still be at peace with God. And, and, and brother, brother Cliff, I should have caught it when she flipped that little, I'm going to drop it in there. When I heard that, I should have, okay, Queen B going back to that. Let me read this. Y'all got real quiet right there. I'm, I'm going to be all right. Y'all in, in Romans chapter 5, look at this. Therefore, verse 1 says, 
Since we have been made right with God, somebody say right with God. We call that justification. Since God has forgiven us and Jesus died for us, we have been justified now. So therefore, I am no longer considered a sinner. Practicing sin, I'm no longer that. I've been justified. I have been exonerated of all the charges that was against me, Major. So now, since I've been made right with God, I can't walk around that like I'm still guilty. And the reason a lot of Christians can't live in freedom is because they still feel like they are guilty. The only thing you're guilty of is allowing your mind to put you back in bondage and what other folks say about you. You done been made right with God. And if you've been made right with God, what people say should not worry you at all. People are going to talk about you whether you're good, bad, or indifferent. It just comes with life. The thing is, I have been made right with God. We have been made right with God since in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. My peace is not a result of me, it's a result of him. And because he has died for me to have peace, I'd be crazy to give up my peace. When he said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave. So if you're a Christian and you're walking around absent of peace, I will say to you, check your relationship. I didn't say you weren't going to have frustrations in life. Challenges are going to come. But look here, it don't have to rob you of your... It rain on the just and the unjust. Folks are going to talk about you whether you're good or bad. Somebody going to get on your nerves. It just come with life. Then all of a sudden now you acting like your whole world is turned upside down because somebody done got on your... You don't understand, you're walking in. And because of that, you are privileged. Look at this. Look at this. Verse 2. He says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved, so undeserved privilege is a place, Cliff. And if it's a place, that means I can get there. He said he has brought us into this undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So therefore now I got to realize where I'm standing. I'm in a place of privilege. And I'm in a place, Brother Godless, he said undeserved. Meaning I didn't have to work for it, didn't have to do anything for it. All I had to do was accept Jesus and I get to this place. Y'all need to get out of one place and move into the right place. If you're in a place where you are standing and you are not standing in undeserved privilege, you're standing in the wrong And you can't be blessed standing out of place. You got to be in the right place, fellowship with the right person, knowing that he got your back no matter what you go through. Man, I like the way it's a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Not next week. Right now, right now, y'all stand up right now. Y'all, y'all, I should have said sit too because some of y'all rather sit, but I'm going to just make you re- receive this on your feet. <laughs> if you're able to, and if you're able to get up, you ought to give, give, give God some praise because you can at least stand in the physical. And now he said, look here, Robin, you stand in a place of undeserved privilege. You're in the presence of God, not because of what you did, but because of what. So what you need to do is because you understand that, you ought to act like you're a privileged child standing before a holy God. And you ought to give him some praise for the opportunity to stand in this place of undeserved privilege. You don't deserve to be standing here, but he allow you to stand here. Some of y'all just got to get it in your head. Stop living below your privileges. I'm privileged. Got to act like I'm privileged. Good God Almighty. Because I'm standing in this place right now. Now I stand in it. Not tomorrow. Now. And we confidently and joyfully. Can y'all just show me your best version of joy right now? Just show me your best version of joy. 
Hallelujah. Well, whatever joy means to you right now, just show me your best version of joy. Hallelujah. Your best version of joy. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name, God. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name. You know, Major, if, if, if you just had sunk that 50 footer, you put it right in the center of the cup. Brother Herb and Brother Roney, would, they would know about it. Because as it was going in, you'd be running toward it, boy. You'd do your, you'd do your best tiger invitation. And when that puppet falls, you go, you go show me your best version. <laughs> your best version of joy. That's all I ask you to do. Show God your, your best version of joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joy. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Y'all may see. Go ahead and sit down. Go ahead and sit I got to finish reading this. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That, right now, that's when I wish I was a good old Baptist preacher because I wouldn't even need the rest of these notes. I'll just start singing something about joy right now. <laughs> and we wouldn't even need, but I'm a teacher. I just don't know how to stop in the middle of the lesson. Somebody say, Pastor, just stop in the lesson and just let's have us some joy right here. You ain't even got to finish the rest of it. Skip to the end. Don't take us back and make us start reading the whole, but it's something I want you to see. He says, now when I understand I stand in this place of undeserved privilege and I do it joyfully, when things come in my life, I know how to handle them. He says, now verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. They come to make us stronger, to develop our character. Look at verse 4. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthen our confident hope of salvation. And look what he says in verse 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves. Do you know how dearly he loves you? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So if nothing else, the Holy Spirit ought to be filling you up with a love for God and a love for Jesus and a love for his people because you know how much he Man, ain't nothing wrong. You know when a child know really how much a parent loves them? Oh, man, that child's attitude is so much different when I know mama and daddy loves me. When I know mama and daddy is willing to do anything for me. When I know that they got my best interest at heart. That changed that, whole, that child's whole attitude towards things. And see, what I'm trying to tell some of y'all parents who got young children, you need to start showing them more. Love. You got to show them more love so that they will know how dearly you love them, how much you are willing to sacrifice for your children. Because you got an example because how God was willing to sacrifice for People need to know that God dearly loves them because he has given us the spirit on the inside of our heart to confirm that. And look at this. He says, verse 6, when we are utterly helpless, when we were utterly helpless, meaning that we couldn't get out of this sin thing, we just caught up in it, Christ came at just the right time and died for sinners. God already had this thing planned out. We had nothing to do with it. He knew Jesus was going to come and die for us. And we, was, we couldn't help ourselves out of sin. So he said, look, at the right time, I'm going to let my son go down and do for them what they could not do for themselves. At the right time. When we were utterly helpless. Verse 7, look at this. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. That's most people, we in there most of y'all raise your hand. Most people, y'all in there, I'm in there too. I don't know too many people that I'll die for. You know, my kids, under the right circumstance, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, if I'm, I got to be the protector and something happens, yeah, I, I may step out there. But if I can't swim, I don't know, like Brother Latham. I'm like Brother Latham right there. If I can't swim and then I got themselves in the deep water, I don't know. 
if the lifeline, if the lifeline don't reach him, I, I don't know. That that'll be that'll be a, that'll have to be a moment to moment situation call right there. <laughs> Knowing that I can't swim now, all both of us gone. So he says, now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. So if you got that person that's especially good, you may be willing to die. To put your life on. Now say for instance this. Some of you may have opportunity to donate an organ to a family member. You may be able to save a life right there. But you may say, that brother ain't talked to me in 20 years. Now all of a sudden he want my kidney. No. You got to be good. If you, got, you imagine you feel like the Lord speaking to your heart. But you got scripture to say most people ain't going. He said especially good. But look what he said about God. That's why we have to depend on God. But God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. He didn't wait till we got it right. He didn't wait till we got good. He did it while we were bad. And look here. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from condemnation, from God's condemn condemnation. In other words, in Christ there's no condemnation. You're no longer condemned to go to hell or spend eternity away from God. There's no condemnation on you because of Christ. And so therefore, because of that, you shouldn't let people put you in condemnation and judge you. They don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. And because you got Jesus and you stand in an undeserved place of privilege, you need to say, I love you, man, look here. I, ain't, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I'm living in privilege down here on earth. And when I die, I'm going to live in And when you know where you're going, then you don't let people define who you are while you're here and then where you're going to end up when you go. Look here. Look at verse 10. For since our friendship, must have somebody say friendship. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Jesus lived a life that was good enough for our salvation. Amen? And then he said, now look, verse 11, my last one. So now we can, what's that word there? So now we can what? But what does rejoice mean to y'all Christian folk? Let me see your best rejoice right here. I'm through preaching. I ain't finna preach no more. I'm through. When y'all rejoice now, y'all can rejoice that we get a benediction because I'm through preaching. He said, look here. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our, of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us God's friend. I'm a friend of God, and it's a privilege to be God's friend, and so therefore I rejoice. I shout. I let the world know who my best friend is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He deserves it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church is not going to change until we start living the scripture. When the Bible tells us to rejoice and tell us to celebrate our God, we got to learn how to do that. We got to learn how to express what we feel about our God so the world will think that our God is real. Anything that can move you to do certain things is something to have influence over you. And if God can't move you to rejoice and shout and give him praise, he has no No influence over you, especially when he say rejoice. Especially when he say pray. Now, I know we can get technical, and, and, and I know I, 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 I may have some theological watchdogs in here. But the world taught me how to rejoice, and I didn't even know what the word rejoice means. They programmed me. To shout at certain times. They programmed me. They even had cheerleaders to get me ready to go and play so that I could shout before the game even started. They had a rally for me, Brother Ronnie. 
put in my heart that, hey, y'all finna go out there and win this thing. So therefore, we left the locker room rejoicing. Before we didn't even hit anybody, anybody to hit us, we left the locker room rejoicing. Because winning mean that much stuff. But what I'm trying to tell you, you're on a winning team now. You know the one. When I was on that team, we went to the locker room, had the pep rally before the game and all that, and still lost. But we went out of the locker room jumping and shouting like we were going to win that thing before the game started. And what I'm trying to tell you, you already know how this game ends. You already know that you win this game. So why you got to wait to shout? You ought to shout now because you already know. You already know. You already know. That's why he can tell you to re rejoice now. Give him your praise. Give him the honor. Give him the glory that he is. And if nothing else, just rejoice because you walk in privilege. Walk in privilege. And because you walk in privilege, you ought to rejoice. You ought to rejoice. You ought to rejoice. You ought to rejoice. Y'all may be seated. I'm done. You know, I, I, now that I've been thinking about this thing called privilege, man, I'm seeing it everywhere. I, everything I read now, I'm, I'm picking out word privilege. You know that some people are privileged because of their height. A lot of people who are CEOs of companies are tall people. You don't see too many short people because people think there's something about. And, and, and I was talking to somebody the other day. Do you know just because we military, we got a privilege. Some people born and raised here can't even step foot on Eglin. They're paying taxes in this county all their life. They Major, you ain't even been born here. You just got privileges, and you can go out there and shop for cheaper in certain places. Because you got privileges. And what I'm trying to tell you, you live in a life of privilege, you just don't recognize it. But I'm here to show you, look here, privilege. Man, I was coming through Arby's last night. I said, look, y'all got a senior citizen or a military discount? Yes, we do. Privilege. I ain't never asked for that at Arby, but last night this word privilege hit me say, I may have some privileges here that I don't know about. But since I ain't got nothing to lose, I'm gonna ask about them. And the lady said, Yeah, we give off for both of them. So my meal went from eight dollars and something down to seven dollars. Some of y'all gonna start living in this privilege. I'm gonna keep this before you till you start walking around and say, I am. On the back of my little t-shirt, it said, Jesus is worth the cost, worth the risk. Yeah, I kind of tied two things together there to make one, but I think it's a good little message. And look here, I, I'm going to tell you how much I believe in this. If you want it, I'll pay for it. But I ain't going to pay it for you to just throw it in your laundry room. But if you want one, I'll pay for it. And I'll even get you the deluxe model like I got. But you got to let the people read because of his, in his name. Amen. That's the hook. And ain't I'm different. No, I'm privy because of that name. So if you ain't going to recognize the name, don't wear my shirt. That's a deal? That's a deal? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for the sacrifice that was made for each and every one of us. And now, God, we believe there may be someone out there who don't know Jesus Christ as a part of their sin. And we just want to extend the invitation to them. If you're in the house, if you've not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, just raise your hand. If you're online, we just ask that you give us a call here at the church or send us an instant message to let us know. And we'll definitely get in touch with you. Jesus has already paid the price. All you have to do is accept what has already been done. That is you. Please raise your hand. Raise your hand. Or just give us a call. My second appeal, if you're here, is for church membership. If you're here and you're looking for a church home, if you're online and you're looking for a church home, and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, just raise your hand or just give us a call again or send us an I message or instant message. Let us know. If you're here and you say you're looking for a church home and you want to be a part of this ministry, truly we'd love to have you as a part of it.
My third appeal, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We started on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit fell, and that same Spirit is available for anybody else that wants. You can be filled with God's Spirit and power to do what God has called you to do. We have literature that we share with you about being empowered with the Holy Spirit, the evidence speaking other tongues, had nothing to do with your salvation. You're saved because of what you believe. But there is other gifts that God will empower you with if you desire. That's why it's a gift. If you don't want it, he ain't going to force it on you. But if you want that power, that gift, God is not a respecter of persons. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Then my fourth and final appeal is for prayer. And if you've got a special prayer concern and you want to, you can stand at your seat. Make that known that you can just sit and pray at your seat. If you want to intercede for someone else that you know that God is bringing across your heart right now, I ask that you just focus in on that situation because we can all intercede for others. Even though Jesus is seated at the right hand, we can also share in that prayer time. So I just ask that you open your hearts and minds up to let the Spirit of God minister to you during this time of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eternal God, our Father, we come humbly before you, God, because now... We have been granted access. And God, because of that, we can come boldly before your throne. Make our petitions and our requests known unto you. God, we thank you for being such a faithful God, a merciful God, and a loving God. We thank you for being a God who loved us enough to send Jesus Christ to die for us. And God, right now, you said we can cast our cares on you. So God, if there's any cares under the sound of my voice, any concerns, any problems, any troubles, any hurts, any ailments, anything that is troubling your children right now, God, we lift them up to you right now, God. Whatever that situation may be, God, whatever it is, you already know. But whatever it is, God, we lift it up to you right now, God. And we pray that you will move in that situation because you say that you incline your ear down to hear the prayers of your people. So right now, God, we ask you to just lean, lean down, hear our prayers, hear our cries, hear our concerns. And then now, God, some that just want to give you praise. They just want to thank you in that time of prayer to just say thank you for what you've already done for them, for how you're strengthening them and bringing them through. Even though they're going through some endurance trials right now, God, they thank you even in the midst of the storm that you're going to bring them through, God. And we just give you praise, honor, and glory for being faithful even when we go through our valley. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people, and I thank you yet for what you're going to do because we know you're not done with us yet. And, Father, when it's all said and done, we will always humble ourselves before you and remind ourselves it was Jesus who died for us and caused us to be able to be justified before you. And we say we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody get along.